listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 509. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, to discuss the Fox science fiction series, Fringe. So, what's happening with you this week? You got uh, Supermom on the pres- uh, premises. <laughs> yeah, uh, my wife, back a couple months ago, when uh, Taylor Swift tickets went on sale, my wife was able to score three tickets for herself and my two daughters, and... Uh, so much to the consternation of many of my students who follow my daughters on Instagram and knew before I did that they got the tickets. Um, wait, wait, your sons are okay with that? Yeah, they're they're good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna uh, lie. Yeah, I mean Taylor Swift. I, I'll enjoy her music. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it. They down. want. They want compensation. Yeah. Right. Oh. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on stuff we've done for those two. So. <laughs> um, but but yeah. So uh, my wife and daughter's going to be Swifties. I'm going to get a night to, uh, you know, have what I want for dinner and uh, watch what I want at night. There you go. Not that that ever happens. But, <laughs> it yeah. happens occasionally, but not very often. Uh, yeah, so, so. Um, but, but yeah, other than that, uh, things with my, uh, my youngest daughter was confirmed yesterday. Uh, and so it was a nice ceremony. We had a bunch of uh, family. I made three lasagnas and uh, wow. they all turned out pretty well. But man, I was just like, after that, I was just like, I don't know how professional cook chefs do it. You know, and I'm by no means not even n- near any kind of professional, but man, that making three lasagnas was pretty freaking tiring. Well, well, I don't know if I ever told you my grandparents on both sides. Well, no, I'm sorry. My gr- grandparents on my father's side, they ran a restaurant up in New Hampshire, and uh, you know, so I, you know, spent summers, yeah, you know, not the entire summer, but every summer for a week or so, working in the kitchen with my grandfather. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I learned early on I did not want to be in the restaurant <laughs> business, and I also did not want to run my own business because, oh my God, you're just working constantly, yeah. and yeah it was cool to go up for a week or so but yeah that was that was plenty for me but but you know i mean i i learned to appreciate cooking from him learned a few things and uh you know not surprisingly my father also was a good cook and um you know i can hold my own i'll just leave it yeah that's i think that's how i consider myself it's like i I can hold my own as far as as cooking goes and everything but it is funny because i mean my dad rarely cooked at all in our house. And, you know, um, my mom, God bless her, you know, is, I mean, she's a solid cook, you know, but, you know, she had, she had a family of six. So a lot of what my mom had to make was stuff that could, you could make quickly and, uh, for a lot of people and everything. So, um, yeah, but I, I enjoy it. But, uh, but yeah, like the, uh, the high volume stuff is it's sometimes it's tough. Yeah, I hear. I don't have plus. Speed. I love this. My, you know, if I had a bigger kitchen, maybe it'd be one thing. You know, but I don't. So it's even tougher having to work with confined spaces and everything. Yeah. Well, speaking of cooking, we typically cook on Mondays or Tuesdays, so feedback's got to be in by Sunday night Eastern time. And audio feedback, as we said last week, has a six-minute time limit for now. So we'll just leave that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, if you want to contact us, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Now, what we're watching, I ended up with some time to myself this week as well. And 
I couldn't find a genre show I really wanted to watch. I queued up Inception, and about two minutes in, I realized this is a major commitment. I'm not sure I'm ready for this right now. So hey, I pa- come on, man. Uh, well, I mean, I've seen it once. We talked about it oh, like, years right, ago right, on the right. podcast. Okay, yeah. uh, I wanted to rewatch it and hopefully understand it a little better. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, um, you know, kind of still with the, the shows that my wife and I are watching and we're in the final season of the HBO series Succession. And I know you have HBO Max or rather just, just Max. Max. Now, yeah. Uh, but I don't think you've ever seen Succession, right? I have not. And that is something because, you know, whenever I open up the app, that's like you know, the first boom, it's right there in the face, Succession. Like, you know, suggested for you. Um, so Ma- HBO Max, Max, whatever, feels very strongly that I should watch Succession. Um, I might, but honestly, I am strongly considering uh, cutting the the Max cord uh, until the next game of Thrones. I don't know. I, I I keep telling myself I'll do it. It's like being like kind of like in a bad relationship. It's not bad. I mean, like I love this stuff in HBO Max, or on Max, but it's expensive, and you know I like find myself making it tough to justify um, fifteen dollars a month just for you know for entertainment. Those excellent entertainment, but so yeah, and you'll save a couple of years worth of. Uh you know, monthly payments because the Game of Thrones uh, next season won't right, be Right, exactly. See, if I, if know, I just whenever. time it for the next Game of Thrones, then that'll, you know, who knows the savings I'll get there, and I can just catch up on succession then. So. Right, right. Or should we say House of the Dragon? House of the but, Dragon. Uh, now, the other uh, series that we started last night is called Obsession. It's on Netflix. It's a you know, mini series. And, and when I say mini, they're only four episodes and they're all like 38 to 42 minutes. That's as mini as it gets. Yeah. But it's a remake of the Jeremy Irons 1992 film Damage. Whoa. So I don't care I, for that film. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well, so I, I don't want to talk about the plot because, you know, if you've seen the plot, then, you know, you're not going to be surprised or shocked at, at you know, how, how this series unfolds. So if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's disturbing, compelling, uh, you know, a lot of different levels. But it stars Richard Armitage and his wife is Indra Varma who uh, we know as the sister of Prince Oberon in Game of Thrones, uh, who uh, up in the stands is horrified as her brother uh, does the unthinkable and has the unthinkable done to him. uh, Anyway, uh, it's, you know, it's it's a pretty good show. Oh, she was in Rome too. Oh, right. Yes, she was. I was trying to remember. She was on something else really good. I was trying to remember. Yeah, Rome. And and she was in some... uh, uh, UK crime show that my wife and I saw as well. Okay. But uh, anyway, what are you watching? Well, um, I said that I would uh, circle back to The Mandalorian uh, season three and the finale. And of course, absolutely zero spoilers here. But um, you know, like I said last week, it was excellent. I really, really enjoyed it. I, there was, you know, it's so funny because you, I would. After an episode, I'd go online. People like, oh man, the Mandalorian—they're losing it. It's it's terrible. It's the worst ever. And I'm like, I just I don't see it, you know. Like so, 
you know, I can't, I guess, uh, worry about the haters. You know, if you like something, like it, you know, just, you love something, love it. Don't, don't worry about what other people say. Um, so, um, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, you know, Katie Sackoff is, uh, Bo-Katan Kreese was absolutely awesome. She really was, um, really, I think probably was the, one of the main reasons why I liked it so much. Um, you know, there there were some silliness things that happened in there, maybe some plot twists and some cameos that were kind of crazy, but overall it was uh, awesome and the the final episode was really really good. So, um, you know, like if you're like Dave here and you don't have Disney Plus, you should go out and get your free trial and binge The Mandalorian and see where you go from there. All right. <laughs> uh other thing, uh the one uh, uh, seven kings must die have you seen that yet you know i've started it and and i'm enjoying it don't get me wrong i continually get sidetracked and i'm about maybe 15 minutes in you know the big battle that he's trying to stop right you know ha- has stopped finally and he's trying to talk uh what's his name son out of you know killing all the people that are trying to surrender and you know the, he's got that yeah. dude in his ear trying right. to Apple tell him style. i don't know why you trust him yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah but anyway so but yeah I'm, I'm digging yeah you know the the big criticism that i have and it's really i mean i can't really fault the people making this is that they obviously had a whole season planned out and they had to just cram it into this like two-hour movie because sure. stuff happens and you're like wait a minute what the, you know, like what the like this stuff is happening very very quickly and there's a lot of plot twists here i feel like you know this would, would be better communicated through uh separate episodes but of course they didn't have that option uh but it was still fabulous to see um all those characters again alexander draymond as uh, utrecht of bebenberg uh, just classic role that he just has killed every time Every season, he's just been awesome. Uh, you know, fabulous character. But, uh, you know, again, I, I get what they're up against, what they had, uh, where they wanted to go with this. And the, the only, the, all they had to get there was a two-hour movie. And so, yeah. you know, whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, d- does he lose his sword in that yeah, fight? Yeah, like right at the I mean, it's kind of a spoiler, I guess, but yeah. yeah. And I can't remember if he gets it back. I haven't seen that. I yet, will but. say nothing. Okay. All right. Um, so, all right. But yeah, it's yeah. like, it happens. I mean, it's a minor spoiler because it happens like, I think like in the first five minutes of the, of the movie. And you're like, wait, what? The? Cause yeah, I was like the same way. I'm like, did, did that just happen? Like, W like a huge WTF, you know? So. Yeah. And he's looking around for another sword. Just, yeah. Know. But yeah, he just can't find one that's he, just not the same. He doesn't need no stinking sword. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah. So yeah, it was good. I, I mean, I would if if anyone has if you have not seen The Last Kingdom, if you've been listening to us ever at all, you will know that Dave and I both are very much two thumbs up, hearty enthusiasts of of the the series. The series absolutely astounding. Is fabulous. The acting is brilliant. The the writing is amazing. The the cinematography is out of this world. I you can't say enough about the Last Kingdom, except for just that you know, like the yeah, they, sure. they couldn't quite given the task at hand. They couldn't quite land the uh, 
that last episode. But though, like I said, the very ending is is everything kind of um, they do a good job. Okay. All right, well, let's get to Fringe, Season 2, Episode 10, titled Gray Matters, written by Ashley Edward Miller and Zach Stentz, who wrote Momentum Deferred, which was the fourth episode of, of this season, which was the Frozen Heads episode. Mm-hmm. But also, it, it w- had that just brilliant scene where Olivia meets with William Bell on the other side. Directed by Jeannot, and I'm probably mispronouncing his last name, Swark, who's this French director. This is his first episode of Fringe, but it will not be his last. He'll end up doing like seven. And this one aired December 10th, 2009. So we are away from the Monster of the Week episode Mm -hmm. for sure. We're back to the overarching mythology, which is cool. You know who we haven't seen in quite a while? Um, The Duchess of York? Nina Sharp. Nina oh, Sharp. yeah. We haven't seen Nina, right? Yeah. I was, you know, when I pulled out my uh, little cheat sheet with the characters and the actors that portray them, I, you know, saw uh, Blair Brown, Nina Sharp. Oh, we haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. yeah. But, True. but obviously we get to put a name to the head <laughs> in, in this episode. Name to the face, and, name to the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, so is Newton's goal... At first, I'm thinking like, all right, his goal is to get back to the other side. But then, no, it's probably just to open the door to let the other side's army through. Or is it? I mean, so we don't really necessarily know. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we certainly suspect that, right? Because that's that's what William warned Olivia about. It seems like that's the information that he's after here. Yeah, but I guess what I'm wondering, you know, what what's the deal with you know all these shapeshifters over there? Are they on a recon mission? And if they are, then how do they report back? Now, you know, we know about the you know the magic typewriter, you know, in that uh, shop. So i suppose they can communicate with the other side with their intel via that typewriter and and for all we know there are typewriters like that other places in the country in the world you know sure. we just don't know so that said i don't see any reason newton needs to go back but you know again as we said a second ago it's probably just to open the door and let the troops on through and well, you know, he even says like he hasn't been back in a while, right? Like when Walter sure. is like scary old Walter, um, when he he's kind of rejoined with his memories briefly. Walter's like, "So uh, how's how's things on the other world?" And he's just like, "I hear pretty bad," you know. So like he obviously has not been back to the other world in a, in a long time. So is this, you know, not only his obviously his mission it seems like but also maybe his extra motivation of a way home you know well you know how did he lose his head to begin with i mean (laughs) obviously we don't have an answer right and who thought to preserve his head i mean there have to be easier ways of delaying you know, a, a particular actions. And I guess what I'm getting at is, all right, if they wanted him to wait around until 
we could recover these these three pieces of Walter Bishop's brain and learn where he you know or how he created the door to the other side again there have to be simpler and cleaner ways of doing it than sever somebody's head uh, you know preserve it cryonically and then i i guess they just got some random body or is that his body i don't know <laughs> yeah, i mean uh, i guess it's not important yeah, and if but, it is why did they have to take the head off the body or, yeah you know, like, uh, I don't know. but what also if they messed up and put walt disney's head back on that thing right. <laughs> but how does newton know it was walter that opened the door between worlds well, that is one of the main many questions that Olivia has at the end, and Broyles basically basically tells her, "Well, yep. pretty much every question we get, we're probably just going to get, or every question we answer, we're probably just going to get a lot more questions." And it's like, yep. I, I love that that la- it, was, it wasn't the last scene, but one of the last. I love that scene between Broyles and Olivia because basically, at that point, they are standing in for the the, the watchers, right? That's us. We're home. Those questions that Olivia asks are the same questions that are running through our brains at the end of this. And uh, Broyle is saying that, well, you know what, you know, all the all the questions you get answered, they're just going to lead to more questions. That I feel is like the production team telling us, you know, here's what's in store for you, bro. Yeah, and uh, you know, you know, other shows have certainly had characters like that 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 become you know, the, the conscience of the audience to a certain extent. The other scene, and I think it is the final scene, is, of course, with Walter, you know, having the pieces of his brain removed. And and we first we hear William Bell in the background. And then, of course, we see him. And I'm still a little fuzzy because, you know, he's not in surgical scrubs and there is a doctor who is. Is he Dr. Paris or is he simply directing Dr. Paris? Is that other dude Dr. Paris? Well, I totally don't remember, so I can't spoil this. Yeah, me either. So, listeners, I am 100% honest with you. I have no clue. But I'm pretty sure from this, because they say someone addresses Dr. Paris and you hear Leonard Nimoy's voice respond. So right. I think he is Dr. Dr. Paris there. Yeah. And of course I start doing uh anagram solvers trying to figure out of what it might be an anagram for but no, nothing. Well, here's here's what my because Fred brought it up he he thought, you know, it kind of sounds like Dr. Parish like to die. And I'm like, "Oh, that was interesting." But what I think is the like Paris like yes, the city in France, but I think what they're going for is the mythological character who started the Trojan War. Okay. Yeah. Right? And, and and of course, we, we've got a version of the Trojan horse, you know, at play here, right? Uh, Absolutely. You know, yeah. The, right? the, the shapeshifters are the, 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 yeah, they're the Trojan horse, right? The guys who can present themselves as something harmless. Right. Open the door and let everybody in. Right. Um, now, y- you and I had a, a very brief cryptic on-air exchange last week, and I had said, um, yeah, that's, that's a spoiler. I'm not going to say, and, and I think you might have known what I was talking about. But, but of course, now, and, and I didn't realize we were going to get it so quickly, but you know, we, we certainly know that, that Walter Bishop has had 
part of his brain removed. Right. Three parts. And, and yeah, in, in this case, three parts. I guess is what's not clear in this episode. Does Walter agree to the procedure? Are he and Belly on board with this procedure to protect this side? Well, I think so, because they're talking about at the end there, you know, basically William is telling him what's going to happen. And Walter is not like, no, no, you know, like he's, he's right. down with it. Um, what I thought was the most curious was William Bell says, your memory, I'll put it in a place only I can find. And I'm like, well, either A, what Thomas Newton has acquired is not actually Walter's memory, or B, uh, William Bell put it in a place where totally someone else could find it. I tend to go with A and think that whatever information uh, Thomas Newton got, it's not what he needs. Like what he needs, William Bell is hidden somewhere. Right, and we see him put it onto some sort of, I guess we assume it's some storage device. And while, you know, he's got his hands behind his back and Olivia's got her gun pointed at his head and we think like, okay, fine. He, you know, he might get away, but she, he's not going to get away with the information. But, you know, even though we don't see him, abscond with it i think we have to assume that once olivia starts running back to the house he grabs the little suitcase and and you know beats feet out of there so but then going back to what you said what makes him think he has the information that he needs he's got memories we assume of walter but you know i'm guessing like you that they're not the memories of how to build the gateway to the other side. And that maybe they're, you know, memories of something out, how to make a lasagna or, uh, (laughs) you know, or or those pancakes that Walter made every Saturday morning that that Peter, Peter. So remember, or the, the recipe for the strawberry Sunday or strawberry float, I guess. Right. But then it gets back to, again, the, the question we just, just raised, how does Newton know what to look for? And I guess at one point, once we realize that, oh, these are Walter's, you know, brain parts, are they going to, is he going to try to reimplant them in Walter's brain, which is a pretty frightening proposition, although their technology is such that, all right, you know, this guy, you know, he was able to extract the brain parts from those other people and, and, uh, you know, as I forget whether it's the director of of the first hospital that says, so you're telling me they opened up his brain and drove him sane. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so except for leaving his, you know, brain exposed, you know, clearly they closed it up and, and I'm sure that guy's going to be fine because we saw the scars on the other, you know, the other individual, that woman and, you know, you can't even notice it. Now, right. Fred, I think it's Fred that points out. I think it was actually Alan maybe who did. Alan, or maybe okay. it's Fred. It's one of those guys that, yeah. Continue. That, go, go ahead. Yeah, j- just that, yeah, okay. I'm not sure it would be that clean a, yeah, a, a tidy up, but whatever. That's okay. Yeah, right. Because, yeah. like, well, they went to look. I'm like, well, wait a second. Hold on. Okay. Granted, 
I'm not a doctor or a surgeon, but I feel like if this woman had recently had her head cut open, part of her brain removed, and then it somehow reattached, like her hair would, I can't imagine her hair would look just like normal and fine, you know? So uh, I don't know. I did wonder that as well. Yep. But it gets back to the fundamental question where is the information that will allow this door to be opened up residing at this point, if not, you know, in the little storage device that Newton's got. And, you know, is there any way for Walter to remember how to do it? And does he even want to open that door in the first place? I I guess if you would, ask William Bell, it's like, hell no, don't open that again because only bad things can happen. Right. And, you know, we hear about what's going on on the other side and, and albeit we don't get a lot of information, but we do learn something that, that does seem pretty significant. The, the blight as it's referred to, which apparently kills all vegetation, so you have to assume it it affects the crops as well. Now maybe they've you know figured a way around it, but we don't get that sense. So I mean, certainly you can grow crops indoors. I mean, I don't see why they couldn't on the other side, but we don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know what their weather patterns are like over there. I mean, I mean right? We've seen very little of it, except that you know they have zeppelins and the twin towers right. are still there and things right and i mean look we've got enough experience with multiverse stories to know that the worlds are the same but they're different and and you know granted the differences can be pretty severe i mean charlie jade the the i think the one universe they had a, a severe water shortage if i recall correctly it's been it's been a while since I saw that show, and I know you would prefer to never see it again, but... Um, you never know. Like, it's, it's been a while. Know. You know, maybe if we yeah. go back to it now, I'll have a different attitude, so... Yeah. But you know, this was a, a pretty good episode. I, Fred, I can't remember if he gives it an A or an A-. minus. I think he gives it an, a full-on A. And, you know, that opening scene where we see the bad guy surgically removing a portion of, of that dude's brain doesn't have time to close up the wound. And of course we see Rogers cross. I didn't look him up in IMDB this time. Last time he, he didn't have an actual name. So I guess we'll continue calling him Roger, Roger cross. cross. Yeah. yeah. That's my notes. Uh, every time I just put, Oh, she shot Roger cross. Yeah. Now one of the things we know about Olivia Dunham is the empire stormtroopers do not descend no. from Olivia Dunham. No. Because that car... Like two pretty good shots. Oh, my God. Both in the forehead. Well, no, the, I'm sorry. The one was in the temple, so, but yeah. still, headshot. Two, two headshots. The, uh, the first, particularly impressive as she you know, hit the driver of a moving car. That's like... Yes. With a handgun, yep. that's, that's, that's a tough shot to make. And then gets Roger Cross in the forehead. Now, granted, she's learned something. She knows body shots aren't going to do it. Right. So, you know, whether that's going on in her head, whether, you know, she'll 
speak to that in a, in a later episode remains to be seen but but still as you said pretty damned impressive for sure but we learn from the doctor that his brain is structurally intact so whatever they removed as she said drove him sane and i can't that actor we've all seen him in other stuff i, I well the I've doctor was the down. one that i'm like oh my god she I've, I've seen her in so many things and then i went to look her up and she's been in like like one episode of she's one of those actors who's just been in like one or two episodes of about a million shows yeah um you know and, and slater describes how he feels as like my mind had had a spring cleaning. Mm -hmm. And of course, when we get to the end of the episode and we, we see what has happened with Walter, which is sort of the opposite rather than having a foreign body removed from his brain. You know, Walter's mental issues were, were related to something else. We always assumed the fire in the lab. And while, I'm certain that had a lot to do with his breakdown. You know, losing three portions of your brain, memory yeah. seems like that could section have an or impact. not. <laughs> yeah, that's so, something that's been the hardest spoiler to keep under wraps. I think for both of us, just like how many times we've wanted to say, "Oh yeah, but he's missing part of his brain." Yeah, like exactly, which was you know what we were talking about last week. You know, as as Fred has pointed out, we've talked about, all right, this is fringe. Uh, you know, the impossible happens on a week weekly basis. And, and even Peter, okay, you remember that head from, yeah, I've been going through the files for so long. And, you know, she goes instantly. She's made that connection between the visual well, you know, I mean, they I mean, see. There's, there's a reason why Olivia's gotten to where she is, right? Yeah, you know I guess. Does. But yeah, that was yep. maybe a little bit of a. Again, I get it, right? Do we spend five minutes coming up with some elaborate way for Olivia to remember, or do we just have her say, "Oh, yeah, I've been going through those photos a ton. I totally remember that face." You know, like it's just yep. get let's get the story moving. And I agree with the decision. Yes, it's a bit of a stretch, but you know, I'm it, it's fine, right? I'm I'm all for it. I, I, it does. It's not important how they make that connection. They have to make that connection. They have to realize because actually, I was wondering, like, all right. I mean, I know that that guy because I've. You know, I've, I've seen it before, and I, and I know that that guy is Thomas Newton. But I can't remember how, you know, that they made that connection between the severed head and Thomas Newton, and boom, they just take care of it right away. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm good. Yep, and, and of course, she knows instantly this is a dude I've got to stop per my conversation with William Bell. And as she says to Broyles, you know, that if this door between universes opens, global destruction biblical proportions i'm like yeah uh, don't overstate anything there yeah uh, olivia but <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right um and, and then it seems like in every episode olivia so walter do you uh, have a theory yes of course i yes, have a theory of yeah, right. and, and and of course it's a it's a reasonable theory and and generally walter works through the process 
somebody may have made Slater delusional on purpose. Now, yes and no, they didn't, you know, the delusion was simply a byproduct of storing that piece of Walter's brain. They didn't necessarily want to make him delusional, I guess, unless you would argue that was a way to keep him confined in this hospital and that they could then keep an eye on you know, Mr. Slater along with the other two individuals at, yeah, at different hospitals. Sure, but it, you know, it does seem like, as, as you said earlier, it does seem like maybe there is a better way to go about this. I don't know. Yeah. But you, know, you really, at least I do, I get this really pretty strong kind of vibe of like fatalism going on here. Like people knowing how it's supposed to shake out before it does kind of, you know. Yeah, and and Astrid seems to be the one on a weekly basis now that that discovers the big missing piece to the puzzle on which they're working. And of course, this time it's that two other patients were admitted by Dr. Paris to other hospitals the same week, 14 years ago. But what really strikes me after this scene is when Walter says that there's no cure for madness at least the world you live in. And I'm thinking like, well, not the world we live in as if he still sees himself as mad. Right. And I guess after 17 years in St. Clair, I mean, we don't get the sense that they, he's been out a full year yet. I mean, and obviously we know we're in season two, but I don't remember if we have any timeline points of reference to, yeah, to know I don't, yeah, I don't know if we really do yeah i don't think so but i we get the sense it hasn't been a full year yet you know it's funny be certain events um not that you and i look to sporting events to you know answer these kinds <laughs> right, of questions right. but but yeah no one drops like a pat score or something like that right? exactly so hey, uh, did you see the Sox game last night god lost again to the yanks but but it really strikes me that that walter feels this way about himself and it's completely understandable i don't think anybody else in the conversation picked up on you know that nuance and you know maybe walter didn't consciously mean to say it that way but regardless he does and then olivia he utters that that phrase that you know we talked about a character talking for the audience how can i fight what i can't understand and she tells that to peter and and she and peter i mean so many times in this episode they're together whether in a car you know in an office and they're they're looking at each other glancing at each other they say things to each other and Olivia tells Peter now that you know they they know they've recovered these pieces or 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 that that all three of these patients have recovered that okay we're we're getting closer but we still don't understand and you know he tells her it's not just your fight you're not alone and her look strikes me two ways either she simply doesn't accept that she feels like no it is my fight it's my fight alone william bell is gonna talk me through what i need to do thanks but you can't help or it's 
thank you for being there for me. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of see it as the former, actually, um, which really strikes me as odd, given everything the two of them have been through. So I don't really know. I, I mean, it, it's an important scene, but I, I guess I just don't know really how to interpret it. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't really necessarily take note of of the look so i can't help you out with this one, okay Sorry. And, and then later after they discover walter's been kidnapped and they're in the car together and he's just shooting daggers at her as if well it's not her fault she's not the one that removed walter's brain and implanted it in these three individuals so why are you mad at her uh, i mean be mad at astrid for leaving him alone but even that's ridiculous and 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 of course he's not mad at astrid what was she supposed to do so i it's just you know that relationship between peter and olivia you know we've talked about it so many times on so many different levels and tonight it, it, it's almost as if you trusted him implicitly with your life last week. Now, suddenly he can't help you. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess. So anyway, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I like picked up on, on any conflict like that, but yeah. But then we learned that Dr. Paris and, and you know, it's funny because you have so many shows and fringe included where we go to the hospital administrator, the doctor, the law enforcement, sheriff, whoever, and they're completely uncooperative. Right. And you're thinking like, what the F? And here we've got a doctor that's totally cooperative. In in fact, here's what else I found. Right. That Dr. Paris visited your father six times at St. Clair's, contradicting the notion he'd had no visitors. And then, of course, Peter sees the scar and, you know, that leads the episode in a, in a new direction. Right. But, Which is, again, another, you know, it's a, a, did, they, did they maybe make that jump a little too early, you know? like um, And again, in the overall arc of the story, I'm like, okay, you know, I get it. Like, you know, like you don't need to spell out every detail for me. Maybe I think Peter comes to too many accurate conclusions too quickly you know but but again in in the interest of getting this whole story told you know in in an hour you know i i understand that that uh choice there well yeah and we also see the regret and guilt that peter is now experiencing which we assume he's felt tinges of it along the way to this point but it's really been driven home to him. I think in this episode, what Walter went through at St. Clair. And he says on a couple occasions, I regret not going to visit you. And Walter's like, no, 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 son, I didn't mean for you to feel guilty about it. And later on, Walter tries to make him feel better. Look, I probably wouldn't even have known you were there or remembered that you came to visit. So like he, Though he says, I'm not trying to guilt, that's a heavy guilt statement where he's like, wow, I was just thinking about how I was in uh, in St. Clair's for 17 years and no one ever visited me. 
Well, yeah, and, and like, you know, come Pete, on, like, Walter's just uh, twisting it, you know. Like, well, well, and then Peter tells Olivia about Walter. He's just sane enough to realize how much he lost. Right. And you know, I was just talking about Olivia and and how she seems to be all over the place and how she sees her relationship with Peter, but then she tells him with such compassion and understanding going crazy made him a better person. It certainly made him a better father. Now I, okay, Olivia, do you really believe that? Cause I'm not sure I believe that. So not a great line at the time, but when Thomas Newton hooks Walter up to his brain pieces, he completely changes. Like, oh, yeah, first of sure. all, John Noble, hats off, my friend. Sure. Incredible. But, like, all of a sudden, he's a different person. And you know what? He's kind of an a-hole. So, like, we see this is Walter before. This is the Walter that Peter remembers. It's yeah, this sure. guy who was arrogant, snide, a total jerk, right? That And so, like, we get... That you know the, the 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 Walter we've seen the 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 kind of uh, you know muddle headed kind friendly you know, guy that hangs out with Astrid. That's not the Walter that is. That's the Walter after the pieces got pulled out of his brain. So Olivia apparently is a hundred percent correct. She just doesn't like know the full extent of what she was saying. Well, that's true. Now, I guess to a certain extent, it requires Peter to have an open mind. And of course, the first quarter of season one, he's you know got to make that decision that I am going to be open to a relationship with the man that I never really knew and that I blame for you know any of a number of you know negative aspects in my life but you know re- regardless well that's what I'm saying. like you know what well, peter feels bad because he looks at walter as he is now and you know maybe doesn't quite remember what walter was like before does remember like there's a very good reason why he never visited him in st Clair's. it's not necessarily that he's a crappy son it's just sure. that his father was not a good person and so now that being said he probably should visit his dad, right? Like, I mean, that's 17 years. I mean, come on. Stop by once a year, Peter. But, you know, yeah. like I said, we get a glimpse as into what Walter was like before, and it's not pretty. No, no, not at all. Um, now, again, I, I see it was always easy when it was just Fred submitting feedback. We, we always knew that <laughs> it was Fred. So now right, whether which it's one? Fred I, got, or, I got good notes here. Which one? Uh, okay. Uh, who brings up the flaw in the whole neurotoxin. I think it's Fred, actually. Uh, that, I think it was Fred, yes. That, uh, you know, it, it certainly seems that injecting him with the neurotoxin that had Newton and the others gotten away, which they nearly did, except for that amazing shot from Olivia's gun, right. then Walter would have just died. That's a great point. And I was thinking about that. It was Fred who said that. And I completely agree. I, I think the, the, the people writing the script, right, they, like they know how it's going to shake out, right? 
Sure. Um, they, they're not, not going to kill off Walter. So, you know, th- this brings up two scenarios. Either A, Newton was willing to actually kill Walter, which if he was, why didn't he just kill him dead? Just put a bullet in his head while you're, he's there in front of you, right? Why go through the whole Bond villain neurotoxin BS, right? Yeah. Um, well, except for, uh, again, backup plan. I get it, right? So either A, he was willing to let Walter die if he had gotten away and had no need to use the backup plan, or B, he knew how this all was going to shake out in the first place, and so like having the backup plan and everything, he knew he was going to get caught. He and maybe even engineered events so that everything played out just as it did. Okay. I mean, even little things like Newton telling uh, Mr. Slater that I really feel bad for leaving you this way almost, you know, implies there's some compassion on his end. But I think when you examine it, really, it's that had I had time to close him up like I did with the other two Nobody would notice anything other than that these patients suddenly got better. Suddenly got better. Yeah. And I would make a, a clean getaway. So you know, there is that. Yeah. But no, that's a good point. You know, but but yeah, the other thing you know, at at that showdown between Newton and Olivia, where he's like, All right, you got a you got a minute and a half, make your decision. I can't remember if she flips him her phone and then he says, now I know how weak you are. I'm thinking he like, says okay, that later when once obviously like, okay, like you're, you're, you're going to wait till over the phone before you talk smack. You're not going to do it. Oh, okay. He doesn't do it while she's there right there with the gun. Oh, in her okay. Hand. Like he, he waits to talk smack over the phone. So. Oh, okay. Good. I was going to say now yeah. I would be like, th- well, I'd be like, well, I know how weak you are. You couldn't have, giving me that line when you're right in front of me so yeah i would have shot you dead right. walter bishop to be damned yeah, right. but uh um but then you know you mentioned that that scene at toward the end with uh olivia and broils and he's really just trying to talk her down from from feeling guilty about what happened and and on the one hand we're thinking all right certainly we know walter bishop is not going to die you know so all right we we know that but as a character in this story you have to understand how important walter bishop is to the big picture and while you feel like you lost here you know maybe even a monumental battle it's just the first skirmish in you know a much bigger war that really none of us have an idea of how grand a scale it's going to end up being so yeah. dare it, it i takes say broils. like the trojan war yeah right i mean and it takes broils look we've given our enemy a name and a and a face okay yeah that's so something. there's only one walter bishop right you have to know how important dr bishop is because damn it i know yeah and, and that's a good point, right? Well, Olivia is, yeah, like she's moaning about losing Newton, but he's like, dude, you saved probably our most important asset. All right. Like that but, is way more important. But then the question is, is there only one Dr. Walter Bishop? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, look, I mean, we know well, at no. one point there there were two Peter bishops. Yeah. Uh, you know, one right. one died, right. and so there's you know we we assume that there's a Walter on the other Earth. Oh, well, of course, that Walter could have died. You know, we don't know. Right, true. We we don't know how dire things are over there. Although, I mean, certainly William Bell seems to be li- living the good life. So, yeah. yeah. But that's what happens with billionaires, apparently. Sure. Or so I'm told. But uh, anyway, uh, what else about this episode? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot that that went on here. Um, well, you know, names like Newton, right? Like physics and everything. I don't know. I didn't really figure I was, that I out. I was thinking fig, but. I didn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I was not the, the best um, physics student in, in high school. and I, I didn't take it in college at all. So, um, but I know Sir Isaac Newton's important. To, to that and uh so anyway that that scene where uh newton has walter and they're like trying to actually i thought it was cool because like um newton is trying to like map walter's brain and at the same time they cut to a scene of Broyles and olivia pulling out a map trying to find where walter is no oh, so, i didn't even yeah the two two together yeah, yeah so i thought that was kind of a cool like you know montage it's not a montage but you know how they cut those two scenes right next to each other i thought was really a uh, good job of editing there newton shows uh walter slides right trying to, to figure out you know try again trying to map his brain uh he shows a picture of a boy which i assume actually probably was peter and he says peter like really happy right Yep. Uh, then he shows yellow custard, and he once again says, "Peter, really happy." And then he shows him a casket. He's like, "Peter, yeah, you know? yeah." And it's just like, ah, oh, man, like, ah, it was like that was a really pretty intense emotionally uh, scene there, um, and which also reinforces for anybody that that had their doubts, right? Yeah, you know, doubts of seeing. Peter's name on a grave. Uh, but yeah, you're right. We could have said like Walter made that up or blah, 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 any number of, of, of reasons that Peter's name could have been on a gravestone. But now we see that a Peter has died. Right. And all the things that this Peter can't remember about his childhood and you know. his childhood. Right. So, you know, like, like, I mean, there's just a lot of kind of like slightly improbable jumps in thinking that peter has it's oh i know hey you know oh the girl with uh, flowers in her hair oh that was just like a girl in near the house where i grew up it's like how on earth do you make that connection right but uh, but again i digress we let that go um i'm bummed that this seems like this will be the end of walter cross infringed because he's awesome and so you know like the the, the three questions that olivia asks at the end right who is Paris? Okay, yeah, I want to know that. Well, at this point, I want to know. We find out in a couple minutes. Uh, how did Newton know about Walter's memories? Well, I don't know. You know, we've been asked that pretty much this entire podcast, right? Sure. How did yep. How did Newton know where to find the pieces of brain? How did he know how to get bring you know attach them to Walter? So you know, all this, yeah, and. Uh, and why did they let Walter live, right? We we also asked that one. You know, why did they let Walter live? It seems like if he got what he needed, why would he allow Walter to continue living? So, um, unless they have something in store for Walter Bishop, sure, in the future, sure. 
But yeah, you know, again, I, I said it before. I just I loved how like you know Olivia was just standing in for the audience there, and Broyles was standing in for the you know kind of for the audience, but also maybe for the producers, saying you know, hey, you know, you keep asking questions. That's great. You're going to get some answers, but it's just going to lead to more questions. I don't know if they give you Valium for an MRI. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I've had an MRI taken. I asked him, I'm like, can you just knock me out? Can you just put me under and do this? Because I, I do not want to be in that thing. Um, and they said no. So I don't know if that's accurate. Certainly not enough Valium that could you know, probably, um, you know, make a large mammal drop all right well let's get to listener feedback and we'll take a listen from alan in england and we'll be right back hello everyone at sci-fi tv rewatch uh this is alan from england with feedback relating to the latest podcast and fringe series 2 episode 10 gray matters bit of feedback on the latest podcast uh, you were talking about production values especially relating to star trek and some older uh, series and wayne mentioned how star trek the original series uh, still looks pretty good when they like remastered it and i wondered if that's because probably it was recorded in analog film you know rather than a low definition digital video or something like that so maybe you can always translate a, a film recording into whatever the latest high definition video is what am i watching well what am i not watching i've just completed the star trek triple uh, not triple and that was Picard season three. Absolutely amazing. Echoing uh, Wayne's comments there. Really excellent combination of nostalgia with the, the people and the ships and everything. Really great. Discovery season four. That was different. Maybe that's Star Trek for millennials, you might say. Uh, but it was still pretty good. And Strange New Worlds season one a great prequel to the original series, a real mix of some of the original series characters and things like their phasers and tricorders. They still look uh, very similar. Uh, it's almost like a refilming of the original series, which Dave considered uh, a few episodes back, especially enjoying the origin or early development of some familiar characters and awaiting the appearance of some others. I also saw The Outer Range, and I really like that as well, although it was indeed so dark at times, it was a bit hard to see what was going on. I had to be in a dark room to let my eyes climatize to the darkness before I could watch some of those scenes. And if no second season appears, I will be stuck in a hole. Lot of disappointment. And the last thing I've just seen today is the coronation of our new king, king charles the third although that's obviously not a genre aspect so to fringe gray matters again i always interested in the uh, the title of the episodes gray matters obviously reflects the brain you know gray, the gray matter of the brain but also you could think about gray matters uh, like murky like difficult to understand situations and you could also say that gray itself matters that the vagueness the the nuances between you know harsh black and white also is important we see thomas newton is on a mission 
although the care with which he appears to treat that first patient is a bit in stark contrast, really, to the next guy who gets taken out with two bullets to the chest. Clearly, they are on different healthcare plans. Walter announces to the guard that he's perfectly sane, which sometimes conveys you know, the opposite impression. I do like how he wants to see how the patient was before to see the difference, to determine that he wasn't mad to begin with. It's a shame that the, the second patient was obsessed with the number 28, as it would have been good if they were also obsessed with 47, which seems to turn up so often. Not sure how she had a recent procedure to her skull that left a little scar, but still all her hair was intact. Although at least her skull was put back in place, unlike the first guy. The third patient had a different fixation. I completely forgot there was some meaning in this combination of information, even though I'd seen it years ago. Actually, almost every episode of Fringe I look at, I forget what I saw back in 2008, 9, 10, etc. When we learn the mysterious Dr. Paris also visited Walter, we then we know there's the connection. I'm no brain surgeon, but I'm pretty sure that removing several parts of a brain wouldn't remove distinct, specific memories in that way, but it's a nice puzzle. I actually thought they were going to restore all those parts into Walter's brain and all his memories would return, uh, but that it didn't happen. In the epilogue flashback, we hear William Bell's distinctive voice before his face appears and see how the knowledge of the door to the other side was hidden. Of course, I couldn't help thinking of the original Star Trek episode, Spock's Brain, because of the episode's focus on the brain and uh, the presence of Leonard Nimoy. A bit more than a monster of the week, more like a tease into the overall story of the two worlds and their connection. So, pretty good. Take care. Alan from Old England. All right. Well, Alan, season two of Outer Range has been greenlit. And I learned today that principal photography began in April. But I guess one would think with the writer's strike that's now a couple of days old and expected to last, I, I've read anywhere from three to six months. Uh, I assume everything in production is going to be pushed back. And now we're back in, you know, what was it? 2007, I think was the last big writer strike. So, yeah. Yeah. We know, lost. Uh, ah, I said it. I said it. <laughs> and, anyway, uh, um, even more important, the, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles season, oh, first season was, uh, cut short and then it's yeah, yep uh and then also very nice callback to spock's brain in yes. star trek the original series yes. that was awesome that i would have never made that <laughs> connection but uh anything else about alan's feedback um I, I like i love the idea about why um the the remaster star trek looks oh yeah really good that that's a good thought i don't i don't know but that sounds very reasonable to a person doesn't know a lot about the actual uh, physical making of film, but yeah, um, I totally agree with you about uh, Alan about uh, Strange New Worlds. I absolutely love uh, Strange New Worlds. Probably that's probably number three in my loving of Star Trek shows um, after you know original series and Next Generation. 
Um, actually, maybe Picard. All right, three or four, but still pretty good. <laughs> Way to narrow it down yeah, there. Right. Way to take a stand. I know. I just wanted to take a firm stance on that one. The show, but it's awesome. It's really good. And I love Anson Mount. Love Anson Mount since Hell on Wheels. Uh, he's 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 fabulous as Christopher Pike and everything. So, um, and we've only got let, we've only got a couple weeks before a new season with Strange New Worlds. So. Um, oh, I, I like the idea. He says like gray matters, talking about like gray, as in like kind of like ambiguous or murky. You know, like I kind of like that idea. We've we've been looking this podcast have noticed a, a little bit more into like names of things. You know, more than we we normally do. And I think I like that idea about the title. Um, oh, and he mentions about Walter immediately declaring his sanity there. Yeah. And which is, it is funny. Uh, like again, there's only, we only get like snatches of comic relief and fringe. We don't get a lot of it. But in this case, also, if we look at Walter as a character, we understand that we've seen it before. When he went back to St. Clair's, he is very much on his guard when he's in a psychiatric hospital. Um, and so that's where he is. And the first thing he says is, I'm saying, like don't right, don't lock right. me up again, you know, and everything. Good, thank okay. you, Alan. Good, good feedback, bro. All right, all right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us, and we'll be right back to talk about his feedback. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe season two, episode ten. First, coming back to last week's podcast. I fully agree with you, Wayne, that the finales of both seasons three of Picard and the Mandalorian were great. Looking forward to your not spoilery feedback on the Mandalorian. I gave audio feedback for both series to the Fantastic Geek podcast and also for both series to the Van Girl Zone podcast. And I fully agree that the season finale and actually series finale of Picard was a big, big bang with a E plus a 10 as grade. Apologies for the length of my feedback last week, but I had recorded my feedback for Fringe episode 9 of season 2 and then, well, you did this rewind stuff. So I watched the film World War Z. And I just had to give a little feedback on that. You just can't expect that when you put out a podcast, I won't give feedback. I gave it a C- minus or a D, but that's still sufficient. As I understand American grading, it just had to do with the zombies and the violence. The acting was quite good, as I said. It was a little bit too much to also give feedback on Birds of Prey Season 1, Episode 1, so I will do that now. You did that podcast in 2014 between some Lost Girl seasons. I watched the series in April and May of 2021 and of course listened to your podcast. I like this series very much, although a little bit dated, but with a very young Rachel Carson, it was very nice. It really connects several Batman storylines, even connecting to the old 1960s Batman because of your Rewind podcast, I rewatched the first episode and posted that on Twitter and I immediately got a reaction back by the actress Ashley Scott who plays Huntress in this series. I think it's nice for actors that are on Twitter that now and then some people post some stuff about their older work and having some extra attention for it in that way. 
After watching this first episode of Birds of Prey, I was interested what Rachel Scarston was doing, and I looked it up, and she's mainly doing some series for Hallmark, and that's a Canadian channel or film-producing company that produces very family-oriented and very sweet, loving, dovey, Christmas-like stuff. So I watched the 2022 Christmas TV film The Royal Nanny, And actually, it was, well, let's say, okay, Uh, especially Rachel Scarston's acting was good. Uh, But uh, I think most of the other actors were not that good. But it was a nice topic, although it was not Christmas, with the coronation of Charles III in England, which I watched on Saturday for five hours, which was very impressive. And I liked that a lot question that could come up with you now was the Duchess of Sussex there? No, she was not there. And that has a fringe connection. Okay, let's talk about Fringe Season 2, Episode 10 now. When I was watching this and just five minutes before the end, I thought, this is crazy. Why did he let Walter live? But then in the discussion at the end between Olivia and Broyles, it's exactly addressed. Because I thought when this guy injected Walter with a neurotoxin, which would work within the next 10-15 minutes, let's assume that the police and Olivia and Peter wouldn't have found him in time. He just would have died there. So how does he mean uh, fail-safe? I mean, even now, when Walter would have died, and they would have caught him later, this whole fail-safe idea is down the drain. So it only could work when he would be caught just after they left the house, within a very limited time span. So it's still a nitpick, but the question, why did they let Walter live, is indeed a good one. And on the other side, Broyle says that Olivia took the right decision, although she was doubting it and thinking of that she made a decision on emotion. But at the end, I think it's very for the series, of course, but also for having a chance to solve all this, it's important that Walter lives. I wonder, by the way, if they took the name Dr. Paris on purpose. Of course, it's William Bell, as we find out at the end. But is it Dr. Parrish or is it Dr. Parrish, who perishes and is nowhere found? Apart from the typical fringe things here... I would give this episode certainly a A, I think. It was full of tension and good tension, I think. Okay, that was all for now. P.S. I'm watching on the Sleepy Hollow. And of course, we meet Jean Noble there as well. I'm at episode 10 of season 2. It's a series where you keep watching on, although it's not the best. I have a bit the same feeling as when I watched Lucifer. Okay, that was all. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. We've said it before. It's certainly nice to hear someone other than us that appreciates Birds of Prey, that that series that we covered way back in the day. And uh, along with Rachel Scarston doing family-oriented work with Hallmark, Lexa Doig has done similar projects, including the Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries, which is a show, because my wife and I like these these crime shows and they don't always it seems like we're always watching these really i'm just right now my head's just shaking dave you can just continue talking but i just want you to have that visualization in your head okay okay um but fred fyi rachel scarston was also in 60 uh 50 shades of gray just saying 
Um, not in handcuffs, by the way, but uh, um, she was in that. I, be- I believe she was Christian Gray's secretary. Okay. Um, yeah, I know you didn't see it. But, I have uh, not. No. But okay. uh, you know, it's funny because like when I'm listening to Fred's feedback, and then he mentioned that, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But even before he said that, he mentioned Rachel Scarce. I'm like, yeah, what is Rachel Scarce up to now? And I was looking up, and as I'm looking up, he said, "Well, I looked up what Rachel Scarson does now." And I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, Hallmark, my my uh, during the Christmas season, my wife and daughters love the Hallmark station because uh, they have the really and actually full disclosure during the Christmas season, I might uh, have the Hallmark Sirius FM station uh, locked on to my radio as a because they they play you know christmas music <laughs> the whole time so um so the hallmark station i actually do listen to during christmas season, they play a lot of christmas music so um but you know uh so but, but you know like i'm not gonna knock it right it's good good well you know i i think i did a take five well no, i think i know i did a take five way back probably 2013 or so my wife was watching the lifetime channel and and you know some not a christmas movie but a lifetime i'm like oh, oh wait a minute um you know you know i know her and, and uh oh, i know him right well and, the and the, the dude from um oh, what was the, the 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 show um well trisha helfer Kill was Jones. one of the oh okay the trisha from- helfer was the one that really got my attention really with that. um well see but, i mean it's like it's i mean like these movies make bank right they don't cost a lot to make um, well, and he, and they and people love them like people eat these things up so well, well when i was working for den of geek i was covering well i'm sorry we were doing the librarians on the podcast but for i don't even remember how it it transpired you know michael said hey uh you know i'm supposed to do an interview with a couple people from the librarians but i can't do it will you do it i'm like yeah okay so i i interviewed christian kane played jake stone and then uh lindy booth who plays cassie and both of them were talking about uh lifetime christmas movies not the same one right. that they were both in and it was just hilarious and they were talking about how much fun they were to do and while they didn't want to come right out and say that that, that not that they were easy to do but but that they were you got the sense that they were there wasn't a lot of drama right like yeah you're not you're not shooting the same scene a thousand times right right exactly maybe one or two takes you got it good we're good let's go um it's a quick easy shoot and you're gonna make bank on it you know like like they like i said they're they're incredibly popular um and you know what i mean I, i know i make fun of them but i also get the allure and you know every now and then maybe i'll sit down because let's see, oh, that's the guy from Killjoys. What's he doing on this Hallmark show? I'm like, all right, I'll yep. sit down and watch it with you. Yep. Yeah. So, well, you know, I, I probably told you this before. I went to pick up my mother-in-law this a couple of years ago. She lives close by. So, you know, so she comes over. I go upstairs uh, up into the studio and, you know, leave them to their devices. So I, I come down, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes later. I'm like, are you guys watching 50 shades of gray? <laughs> and my wife just turns to me like, well, mom's never seen it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not surprised. Yeah, right. There's probably good reason for that, but all right, uh, whatever, you know. And then they were like, 
all right, stop talking. Go back upstairs. We're, we're good. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. So, uh, all right, what do you, I'm going to go with an A on this one. I'm well, going to agree on, with Fred. i got a couple of things to say about Fred's feedback first. Like, oh, first okay. of all, Sorry. I, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that both Fred and Alan like the ending of Picard like I did because, you know, as I, I think, in, in so, especially Star Wars and Star Trek, I, the, the fanboy in me tends to come out. Uh, sometimes and so I, I you know when i say that i absolutely loved picard I, I realized i might not be looking at it necessarily objectively so i'm glad to hear that they also thought it was a, a um it, it was a home run you know as far as the uh, charles iii's coronation i'm just saying i'm going to show solidarity with my countrymen the duchess of sussex Meghan markle and uh you know and not comment um you know i think that's it. I think we talked about everything else. Okay. All right. Oh, oh, one last thing, Fred. Okay. If you ask Dave and I where we taught, uh, where I am currently still teaching, where Dave taught, um, C's are as good as a failing grade there. Like, if, if you're giving a kid a C, you better be ready to talk to mom and dad and explain why that's happening. Am I right? Oh, my God. Probably a B. <laughs> right. B's, yes. B's are, are very, very upsetting as well. So... Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going full on A with absolutely A for sure, and I would probably give it an A plus, except for A, the um, like I said, the 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 complete and random jumps of Peter coming up with just the right piece of information that they need to know, and B, the fact that well, we don't want to give them anything A plus. We usually save A pluses for like season finales right yeah i mean the the walter neurotoxin you know right the neurotoxin stuff yeah Yeah, that wasn't great i mean we can live with olivia's two kill shots sure all right uh sounds good so why don't we go ahead and leave it there this has been a good one again and that'll do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch thank you for joining us love to hear what you think about fringe peripheral outer range anything going on in your genre tv world Go to the Facebook group if you haven't checked that out so far. Uh, Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about episode 11 of Fringe's second season. But until then. Dave, um, you know, I, I know you're, you're, you know, you're, you're uncertain about the, the grading here. And maybe you think you're, you're not 100% accurate with how you've been grading some of these episodes of Fringe. But listen, I, I, I want to assure you my friend that you know i want to tell you that to don't be so hard on yourself because we're going to be needing you too <laughs> <laughs>